This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez? What do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only, 18 plus, rewards, registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. There's a team that we all love, playing out of present town. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. Play up, play up, for fail. Good evening and welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It is Wednesday the 24th of January and I'm joined by Bez. How are you doing, Bez? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. We're getting through the week. It's been an expensive day, but, you know, these things come to try us, don't they? They do indeed. They do indeed. And Probably should have waited till till after we've released it. We might have some budding mechanics or some car salesmen on here that could have done your deal. Yeah, quite possibly. But yeah, my car's gone today. So, Partex, new car coming on Tuesday. Thank you to the bank of mum and dad for an interest-free loan. There we go. At, at 42, you can still get interest-free loans from the parents. 42, to be fair. I'm 37, it's going to take me five years paying back, so I'll be 42 by the time I've paid the bugger off. <laughs> and we're also joined by Steve. How's it going, Steve? Uh, yeah, I'm good, thanks. To be fair, though, Bez, you didn't need a big BMW X5, did you? <laughs> I did. And to be fair, we've gone from an interest-free loan to a man that would never do an interest-free loan. <laughs> no, I've got no I've got no money to lend. It's 31st of January. Got the tax bank crawling all over me. <laughs> but that, that, that's that's another story. <laughs> and there you go. Um, it, it, we should really start by saying, obviously, with there being no review uh, for Wickham, you will have already heard at the start that we are now part of the Talksport fan network. Um, it doesn't mean that we're going to be able to retire. Um, but what it does mean is, it's, uh, if you guys listen to the adverts, which are at the start, middle, and end, we're going to get a, bit, a few extra quid into the coffers that we can throw back into Vale in one way, shape, or form. Um, as you know, we sponsor Yakaviti, Willow, uh, Butterworth last year, and stuff like that. So the money goes back into the club that we that we that we all support and talk about. So 
if you can just listen to them, that'd be grand. Um, yeah. Not not the amount of money a grand. Don't don't get overly excited. <laughs> it's all your face light up then, Steve. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, though, we've already had three players get in touch with Bez begging us not begging us not to sponsor them next year <laughs> because we've killed <laughs> off quite a few careers. <laughs> so we're. Um, it's uh, people. People are often double if we don't sponsor them. So yeah, but no, it, it's a good thing, isn't it? You know, the pod is getting more and more popular, as the numbers say, even when Amos is on. And um, you know, it's the next step for us, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not just that that we throw money back in. It's like sponsoring Vale fans who've done stuff for charity and foundation at Christmas. We chuck some Ale and Vale money in, and yeah, it's all good. Really good. It all goes back into. The club and the community, we don't take a penny for it. We just ramble on and for some reason people like listening to it. Yeah, it makes no sense to me that doesn't, but thank you for listening. Yeah. And the amount of people that must be doing my accent now impersonating me. Yeah. I even, I went in Johnny's at the weekend and my mum come up and says, a lady's just come to the bar and asked if my son's in because she recognises the voice but doesn't know what you look like. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. You're like, yeah, it's me. Yeah, me. So, yeah. But anyway, lads, the quiz isn't long away, is it? It's not. It's not too long away at all. What are we talking? Three weeks? Two on Friday, I think. Two on Friday? Two, it is. Woody hell. It is, isn't it? Two on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, we had a we had a dry run. Yeah, you know, we had a dry run through the questions. The team consisted of me, Bez, and Amos, and it's fair to say we were pretty dreadful, wouldn't you say, Bez? Yeah, but it's always harder when he's dry, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody you don't know anything about music either, as, no, it, as, it, as, it, all as it turns out. The three of us said music isn't our specialist subject. I don't know what is, but music definitely isn't. And yeah. We had a go, wasn't it? I think there'll be a wide range of scores on the night. There'll be some that score quite high and some that score quite low, which says that, you know, Johnny's wrote the quiz, so any complaints go to Johnny. Any um, compliments, please send to the Ale and Vale podcast. Um, <laughs> but I think it says the quiz is aimed at the right right bracket, I think. A good mix. So well done, Johnny. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Um, and I think the other thing is like like we've already we, we've already said on the night we've got a pair of Ollie Arblasters boots that he signed. Um, so Do you know what the dead comfy as well. I reffed in them on Sunday and they're really comfy. <laughs> oh, there you go. The the double ma- the, the match worn by Arblaster and the match worn by Daniel Beres from the referee. Just hot off in value. Yeah, they went down for twenty quid for a tenner. Well done, mate. No, I obviously didn't wear them. One, they're not my size. And Steve, I saw you on Sunday because I was repping on the pitch next to your lad. So I come and saw you now. I definitely have black boots on, not blue boots. Yeah. And we've got, I was going to say, we've got a pair of Connor Ripley's exciting gloves as well that will be uh, auctioning off on the night. Yeah, I didn't rep in them. No, I I was going to say, I wouldn't, like, I I, I wouldn't have um, recommended popping them on. They're, They're massive. Yeah. Um, and we're going to announce another thing tonight. We have got a signed Robbie Williams poster type thing. It's a it's a metal poster. Would you say? Would you call it a poster? Yeah, 
something yeah. to go up on the wall. Yeah, it's 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 metal backed. It's it's hand signed by the man himself when when he was at at Vale doing the uh, do, doing the gig. It's obviously not of the night, but it's it's of of Rob. So that'll be going up on on auction as well there on the night. So three very good things um, that we that, that we'll be looking at auctioning off. Yeah, stick him on the wall and let him entertain you. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, it's it's all going well, and Steve will be hounding you for cash. So bring bring your card, bring your cash. There'll be a couple of buckets there. Um, the 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 guys from the Dougie Mac will be there as well for us to. They'll have they'll have a little pop up store on, on entry where they'll be selling their lottery and also some some of their instant win scratch cards and such like. So, um, hoping that everything everything good goes goes on the night and that there's lots of money that goes to an amazing cause. Yeah, and yeah, we've already raised to... over a grand, haven't we? So we've already raised yeah. over a grand so far, so we're well, we're well on the way. So yeah, it's a big it's thank a... you to everyone who's donated. You say we. You've already raised over a grand. Yeah, well done, Steve. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I don't know. I've, yeah, I've uh, basically, if you know me, and I've asked you for money, and to be fair, a lot of people from work, but yeah, so thanks for work. But, you know, we just try and get as much as we can before the night, then on the night, we can we can go again, because obviously everyone knows the Dougie Mac's a great course. So. Yeah, definitely. Just a bit disappointed the Reading fans haven't chipped in with five grand, which is a... Uh, yeah maybe that'll come but yeah and also as well as the Dougie Mac obviously the reason we're doing the Dougie Mac George Andrews's family we asked them who they'd like us to do it for and in memory of George Andrews it's the Dougie Mac so let's not forget we will be remembering the man himself on the night yeah we will indeed so um yeah hopefully it's going to be a good night for everyone um the last one went went really well so really really looking forward to this one yeah, I am. It should be a really good night. Yeah, can't hopefully. wait. Can't wait. Um, and yeah, Steve's just mentioned them and we'll talk ready. And obviously, it's been announced this week that... Just before you do, can oh. I just say, obviously, I ref on the pitch next to Steve's lad at the weekend. And then I went and watched Steve run the line. If Steve ever complains about a line and not being up with play again, it'll be pot, kettle and black. <laughs> And that's had a kid fit as well, isn't it? Yeah, it was an no. under-13s game. Yeah, it's a full-size pitch, though. You know, a fast-paced fast pace game. I was, uh, you know, no, no one called me a wanker, no 12-year-old, so it wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, just me on the touchline. Yeah. <laughs> a, a few parents, but you can't have everything, can you? No wife. Steve's team were attacking. So Steve's meant to be in line with the last defender who's on the halfway line. It was halfway inside the bloody half. <laughs> I just, just don't accept that to be true. <laughs> it was true. I was going to take a picture, but even my wide frame couldn't get you in. You were that far behind being up with play. <laughs> so that was task being a liner, club liner. <laughs> Truthfully, obviously I've refed and I've lined and when it's not, Club lines and proper lines. I think it's easier ref than run the line, and that's the God's honest truth. There's less pressure running the line because obviously everyone aims it at the ref, but running the line, you've got to be looking at two places at one time. Yeah, it's a, 
It, most of the time, it's most of the time. <laughs> I do it most weeks because I've run teams and played all my life, and getting a line has always been a nightmare. So I feel always felt sorry for the manager of Joe's team. So so I'll just I'll just do it, and it saves all the parents because you know yourself. If you ever play Sunday football, you're on the bench. When it comes to looking for a line, the subs are nowhere to be seen. They've all got somewhere to be, and all the parents have got a bad knee or or colour blind or something. So I do for I don't I don't mind doing it. Um, don't get too much stick, but um, um, if I do say so myself, and the bloke who listens to this podcast actually sent me, I don't know him, sent me a, um, it, it slipped into my DMs on Twitter saying I was bent, but uh, I don't know about the linesman, but no, um, so I've got too much to be. Someone's got to do it and support you refs, Bez, haven't we, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I refed you lads last weekend, although you were only there for half of it. Yeah, yeah, I was working. Did he give you a ref watch? No, he didn't actually. He didn't. He did. You can't be that bad because he didn't complain. I was doing. I was doing. A bit, I was doing another bit for charity that day. So uh, never stop giving me. Yeah, you're Johnny. Yeah. Right, Johnny, carry on. There well, Johnny. <laughs> I was going to say after after you sidetracked, but yeah, we go back to Reading. Um, it's been announced that twentieth of Feb, we we head back down to to is it. I don't even know what the stadium was called. Oh, Select Car Leasing Stadium, that's the one. It'll always uh, be Majeski. It will always yeah, be Majeski. That's what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, Bez, obviously you were there on the day, so I'll go to you first. Yeah. What's thoughts on the game being replayed in, in its entirety? What I expected, if I'm honest. We only played, let's be honest, we played about eight minutes because, yes, there was 16 on the clock, but we stopped quite a bit for the tennis balls. It was nil-nil at the time. I fully expected it be replayed. I have seen sort of the EFL rules around if a team forces a game off, but as you put on Twitter, Johnny, I think that's more club officials than fans. Now, does that mean that if a team's 3-0 down and people invade the pits, the EFL are going to go, let's replay it again? No, they're probably going to go, you've done that on purpose, he's a massive fine, and you're getting... Points deducted. We all expected it. I think the EFL have probably been a little bit lenient with Reading because they know the situation they're in and probably know they're guilty for putting them in that situation. So fully expected a replay, fully expected a refund uh, because I won't be able to go down on a Tuesday night because of work. So fully expected a refund. Would I like to 3-0? Probably, especially after Exeter and Derby, uh, Exeter and Reading both won midweek and now we're four points above the drop. I'd have loved it, 3 now walk over and have three points on the board. If we go and lose that and go down now by three points or less, there's going to be uproar, isn't there? Yeah, I, don't, I, think, I think what you've said, everything you said is spot on, really. I think the only thing for me is, like, the FA have, still, have said that they're still investigating a few bits and bobs about round it all. So it, it does feel like there's probably a fine coming their way um, as well. Um, but Steve, I know that you didn't make your way down, but did you expect it to be handled differently? I'm not really sure what else they can else they can do. You're setting a very dangerous precedent if you start awarding three points to to any side, especially when so so little of the game are gone. I'm not sure what good finding Reading does though either, because he doesn't pay his tax bill, he doesn't pay staff, he doesn't pay his players. He's obviously trying to get out, so I'm not sure um, old Di is going to be. We'll pay. We'll pay the fine anyway. Um, 
there's a whole issue of governance around football, which is wider than which is wider than Reading. Um, but it's a very difficult situation. You know, I've got a lot of sympathy with the with the Reading fans, and you know, to be honest, I applaud what they've done. And, and obviously now we're all great mates. I've got some half and half scarves knocked off. Anyone wants to buy them? Um, but I don't really know what else could have been done. Really, they have to replay the game because, you know, if they give Vale three point three points and we stay up by a point or whatever it might be, we, it's not really a fair competition. And how they go about sorting clubs like Reading out, there'll be a points deduction for Reading, which I think is about about the fairest thing they can do, really. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? It, it looks like it's it's going down down that way. Um, but they're, they're having players sold again. There's uh, players players left today. Um, that's the, it. Yeah, is it Nesta Guinness or Guinness Nesta? Uh, Nesta Guinness. Guinness yeah, he's gone Stevenage today. Bloody hell, yes. Yeah. So he's gone. He, he's gone there. So it's still. Um, it's still not solved there, so we could technically end up going there and be actually in a better position because of they could it. have half a team. They could have half a team, yeah. couldn't they? So that, although, that, although that, in the FL, they'll let them sign a few players on deadline day, like they like. I mean, game game back to it. They were letting them sign players when they blatantly shouldn't have been allowed to, weren't they? You know, they were supposedly under transfer embargo. He deposits half the money. They signed the likes of Sam Smith, who we were supposedly interested in. And then the next month, he doesn't pay his wages again. You know, there's, there's things they ought to look at. But yeah, who knows? They could be considerably weaker. And although, by the way, our transfer window's game, so could we by the time we play him. So we have to wait and see, won't we? Yeah, yeah well, well, obviously, we had Divine for the first game. And now he's gone, although been replaced with Gore. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, Jensen Weir was already in. So. Yeah, uh, but it, seem, it seems like another club struggling now as well. Um, in Bristol Rovers, really? Yeah. So, a couple of Bristol Rovers fans have got a bit twi- twitchy today. They um, built a new bloody stand and signed quite a few players when they took over in the summer, didn't they? The Qataris. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's getting a bit twitchy because Chris Martin's just signed a new deal today for the rest of the season because he was only on short term, but. Um, a, a Bristol Rovers fan basically posted everyone at the club knows that it was the owner that pulled the plug on the Johnson Clark Harris deal in 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 January, and it wasn't that they ran out of time. Um, apparently, they stopped stopped hotel accommodation for crew away. Um, said that there's been some promises of players, um, like he offered Cole Robinson, Gary Monk. And, and stuff like that, the job, and that didn't come off. Matt Taylor's been struggling. They've got no head of media there. Um, and, yeah, they've moved they moved to 90-day credit terms. So, like, there's quite a lot of stuff that seems like it's going on at Bristol Rovers um, that, that, again, highlights just how bad this fit and proper person's test is. Obviously, obviously that's, just some, that's just somebody... From Bristol Rovers side posting that, but you yes. know, there's that hasn't come up on the price of football yet. Bristol Rovers, Swindon has, and they're in a bad way, and that's another fairly new owner. And they yeah. look as though they're really struggling. Managers gone, can't sign players. Well, they can sign players, but they haven't got the money to sign players. And Swindon fans are quite worried about the future of their club. 
Yeah, and that's and that's it, isn't it? There just seems like that more and more it's coming. And I, I and again, it's really difficult because I was having a conversation specifically around Reading, and they said like we're we're, we're Reading fans moaning when they were pumping money in at the start and stuff like that, and you, you have got to look at it and go, you know what? Probably not. The same as Betty fans weren't, and again, terrible what happened to Betty. This is not me saying I'm glad it happened, so I'm not. But again, Betty fans weren't moaning when they're handing out contracts to Leon Clark, Peter Clark, and Tom Pope. Yeah, and, and, and Vaughan, James Vaughan. Yeah, and that's the difficulty, isn't it? And I think I'm sure it was Stu that said, said this about three or four years ago, but I suppose the only way that you secure the future of your club when you're doing stuff like that is that there's a pot that the owner goes, right, I'm signing X player on three grand a week for five years. There's five years worth of three grand into that pot. If I get bored of it, his wages are still being paid. Yeah, it was me that said that. I come up with that one. Was that you? Oh, I yeah. Thought it was you. Sorry. I'll, I'll give, I'll give, I was giving him, him some credit there. He was on due. Don't give him my credit now. No, I won't if it's you. But again, the flip side, if tomorrow... It come out that Port Vale have had a bid accepted for Johnson Clark Harris for half a million pounds. It's going to be on six grand a week. Would any of us be outside Lawn Street protesting, saying you're putting the club in jeopardy? No, of course not. And that's the tough part, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, you've got. It's you've not. Got, it's not. It's not the job of the. God, sorry, it's not the job of the fan, that isn't it? Is it? You no. know, it, you know, the, it's the EFL to make sure they're allowing proper and people who are not charlatans to buy football clubs and you know you we talk about Reading and Berry and the, the good examples Wigan are another one I mean we discussed in our group Portsmouth won the FA Cup by basically yeah. cheating didn't they financial do financial doping um and the Portsmouth fans still have their day out so it's a bit rich then when it all goes wrong for them to be blaming it blaming everyone blaming everyone else but themselves but as a fan, you you support your club and you take um, you take the not the rough and the smooth, but it's not your job to say, hold on, we shouldn't be signing him on X amount. That's the owner and the FL to make sure that there's proper stewardship. And we'll obviously talk about the transfer window, but Carroll is in a lot of criticism recently. But compared to what most clubs have, it's snapping the hand off of Carroll. And if we don't put the club in financial difficulty by overstretching ourselves, and I don't have a massive issue with it you know i'd rather we had a, a football club rather than a year of in the championship and then go bust well not everyone thinks like that do they? no no and i suppose when smurf was here we kind of did it we went out and paid the wages for dad and firstly use get us over the line and we were happy with that and for 12 months later it was okay and then the sweetie jar had got no sweets in after that yeah and that, like say it's small scale isn't it that as well it wasn't exactly. It wasn't exactly like we were signing players where any of us thought, "Oh, they're they're massively out of our league." Either. No, no. And the truth is, as Steve's already said, I I have every faith with the leadership team we've got at the club, etc. That we wouldn't overstretch our club. Yeah, I think we. I, I think you could probably argue, and I definitely say that I think we may be too, overly cautious about it. Um, and I'd prefer that way. I'd, I would prefer us to be overly cautious than like stretch it that little bit too far and then 
with 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 NC to all cut back the season later, and it's just it, it's just not great great then, is it? But yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting for me what's going to happen with with these with with the FL with with that fan led review and stuff like that because something's got to change and something's got to change fast because each it's it's gone from the odd club being in an administration to every season one club being being at fault to to now three or four a season hasn't it it's like yeah. what, and we're looking at some clubs as well it's it's not just a season is it what Derby and Reading went on for eighteen months and, yeah. and whatnot and then yeah some something's got to give somewhere and it's not going to be the football club is it that's the thing because unless unless Reading's picked up a move to Bath like I mentioned it I think Reading will always exist yeah fingers crossed it will anyway it'll it'll, it'll be in some form won't it that's yes a club a club like that with with the with the fan base and stuff like that it's it's Hopefully the worst doesn't happen, but if it did, I think that there's always a there's always a way back for a team like that. Um, yeah, other teams have proved that. Yeah, Maxfield. Yeah, you know, you, you, you're watching it now with Bury, aren't you? Coming back up through the leagues, Luton Town are the best example probably recent years, aren't they? Yeah. You know, so Scarborough there now, National League North. Yeah, they're yeah. third in that after you know. And again, when I was a kid, I remember playing Scarborough. I definitely remember playing them in the Johnston paint or whatever it was at that point. And I'm sure I remember playing them in the league. And they obviously went bust. And Macclesfield, look at them there coming back now. Yeah, Boston. Yeah, I, thing, aren't they? They, I, know, I don't yeah. think they went bust, did they? But Steve Evans very much nearly took them bump. Yeah. And that was just his food bill. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> He's not listening. He's cancelled his advert. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> and we've now obviously with the Reading game being rearranged, we're back to where we were in December, where we're playing every bastard Tuesday in February. Yeah, quite playing every Saturday, Tuesday in Feb. It's going to be fun, yeah. fun, fun. Yeah. Unless the weather plays out. Um, it'd have to. It'd have to be some bad weather. It would, but I was leading you on nicely there to transition into the pitch. Wait, wait. You, you could have just transitioned yourself then. Yeah. Because Speaking that, of which, what about the pitch? Yeah, that should failed miserably. Um, but, <laughs> speaking of which, let's talk about the pitch. Obviously, the game <laughs> was called off. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Don't worry. But yeah, the game was called off at the weekend. Um, Wickham, I've seen on One Bale fan, seemed very, 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 very excited to get this game played this weekend because they, they even asked for it to be played on Sunday. I saw that. Why? Why? Oh, oh, did they? Were they thinking? Well, Ooch has fucked off, and like we're, we're in like injury prone. Like Gore hadn't signed at that point. Were they thinking we're there for the pick, like right for the picking or something? Maybe they just didn't want to choose him. And do you know what? Going forward, I can see the merit in that if you can do it. If the game's called, because obviously this weekend we were in a weird situation where 
we'd had a freezing week where it had been down to minus seven on Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day it was. Yeah. Saturday warmed up a bit to about five degrees. Then Sunday was up to about 12. So because it was a frozen pitch, could that have been played on Sunday? I reckon it could. But obviously, you've got to get the staff in, blah, 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 blah. And staff. we had a chat in our group Saturday morning, didn't we? And we're like, have the Vale called this off on purpose because the squad, etc. And I went for a run down the Nates Reserve down Bradley. And I come back and said to you, well, actually, the grass is still absolutely frozen solid. So I don't believe we did call it off because it was our favour. I fully believe that the pitch was still frozen Saturday. But then, as I said, I reffed on Sunday. And although some of the pitches were off on Sunday, we managed to get a pitch where we could play. Just for the avoidance of doubt, by, by going for a run, he, he means he went dogging down the nature reserve. And that's why his car's knackered. Suspension. The clutch was played with too much. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Too much playing his clutch. Oh, it's sticky. You're a disgrace, both of you. But yeah, um, obviously it was called off. But how how do you fare? We're halfway through the season. How do you, how do you look at the pitch? Like, yeah, are you, are you thinking it's all right? Yeah, I'll go first because I think I was I we we battered that pitch the the season after after the great uh, call of Speedy et al, and it was dreadful. But whatever they've done, the money they've chucked at it, it's a lot, lot better than it's been been for years. It really is. But, you know, this time, every other season, there's been sand down, it's been boggy. You couldn't play on it, could you? You know, when we've had players who wouldn't sign for us. In fact, bessie has gone. He's gone down the nature reserve. We've had players no, who wouldn't here. sign. <laughs> who wouldn't sign for us because of the state of the pitch. And I don't think you'll say that now. And you look at Dan Gore signing, you know, would he have come to Vale 12 months ago, 18 months ago, with our pitch? The answer's probably not. He'd have got injured. We can do that on the training ground. And you can't play football. So, you know, we're quick enough to criticise the club. But when they spend that money, and in my opinion, not knowing anything about gardening at all, or pitches, or, or grass, or anything, or weeds, the pitch is 10 times better. So, well done, Vale, and well done whoever the new groundsman is. Steve? Well, we've played we've we've played twenty games on that pitch up until now at home, so we've almost played a full season on it. Um, and it, it I've seen a couple of the the goal mouths lost a bit of grass, but I, I don't think I don't think that's anything that you you don't expect at this this time, sort of this point of the season and and whatnot. So I think they've done really well, and think it's something that we've gone from. Passing a ball on the floor and it bobbling and you're really not knowing where it's going to end up. To it's actually a good playing surface that is only going to get better, hopefully. Yeah, I fully agree with you both. Not a lot to add, really. You've got to give huge credit that you know we spent the money on the pitch. We've got the drainage done, and touch wood, it's paying dividends. You know the pitch does look good. We are getting players who can play football on it, and yeah. It, Full credit to the new groundsman, Steve. I can't remember his surname, but I know it's another Steve. So, Steve, and full credit, you know, to Flickcroft, who's in charge of the football side of it, who got the money to invest in the pitch from somewhere and decided that it was more important to spend 150 grand on the pitch than the playing squad. And I fully agree with that because the pitch was hampering us and it was hampering us signing players. And you can see the quality of players we've signed this season. 
Yeah, and, and and that's got to be obviously one of the reasons why Premier League clubs are trusting us with the loan players. They, I, I don't think it's the sole reason, but I think it's going to be a big, a big reason for it. Certainly helps. Yeah, and, and of course it does, and that leads us in nicely. We've signed a Premier League loan player. There yeah. we go. I caught, I caught that one. There you go. Yeah, yeah. we have. Segway. Yeah, segway. Dan Gore's come through. Steve, tell us everything you know about Dan. This won't take long. I know we had a fight with Martial in training, which which means he's got up in my estimation. Easy for me to say. And he is the type of profile of player that Flitcroft has gone for, you know, with Ollie and um, Alfie before. Everyone raves about him. And I saw a lot of United fans based in Africa who've probably never seen him play saying, I can't understand how he's ended up at League Six, Port Wales and stuff like that. But people who, I know, I know a bloke at work, Supporters United, they all rave about him. So it's one of them. It's but it's not without risk. He said, you know, we've lost our two best midfielders, our two best midfielders who are actually our players are injured. So there's a lot of responsibility you know, on him to hit the ground running. But how can you, but how can you not be excited about signing signing a player like that from Manchester United till the end of the season? Now let's face it, he can't get recalled now, can he? Unless something really bad happens. So it's it's exciting, and I'm you know looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, and I just echo everything Steve said. Personally, don't know a lot about him. On a highlight video, he looks very good. We're saying that so did Chris and Bambi. So we'll see how that turns out. But yeah, you, the United fans don't rave about players who aren't very good generally, unless it's Bruno Fernandes. Um, so by all accounts, he looks like he's going to be a good player for us. Again, I'll echo what I said last week. Let's not try comparing to Alfie and Ollie because he's going to be a different type of player. He might take a few games set up, but He's a young lad who's highly thought of it. And it pains me to say this part, one of the biggest clubs in the country. Pains me to say that, but they are. So the fact they're trusting us with him is massive. And again, as a Vale fan, I know there's some fans moaning about loans and blah, 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 blah. Take it for what it is and enjoy watching him for six months because we'll probably and hopefully watch him and go, well, we could never sign a player permanently of that calibre. So enjoy him while he's here. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And obviously it helps that he's already got a friend at the club for him to settle in with. Because um, him and Tommy McDermott are, are real good friends. Yeah. So I think I think that obviously helps. Um, because I know, I know it's not like he's coming from miles away, but still, he was from Burnley originally. Moved to United, I think, in the summer. Um, might have been last summer, might, might have been there 18 months now. But it's one of them. It, it means that like he's got someone around the place that he, he knows already and I think it's going to be quite quite interesting and like you just touched on enjoy the loan signings what I think what we what what we'd obviously be remiss to discuss is the fact that so far in January it's just loan signings we've not seen a permanent player come come through the door now Steve does that concern you yeah it does I have um, you will not know, mate. I have reservations about the loan system, um, and the reasons are this: I assume that it costs us top dollar to bring in Alfred Divine, Oli Arblaster on loan. We're going to be paying a fee for those players. I would rather see us invest that money in a player who obviously isn't going to be have the same ceiling as them, but dragging up our first team pool of permanent players. So we can hopefully so we can hopefully sell them on. Um, 
I can perfectly well understand it's obvious why Flitcroft and those are doing it. You get it's basically like a sugar rush, isn't it? You you, you take your pill, you get through it, and for six months or three, whatever it is, it's really, really good. Long term, I'm not so convinced. If it's one or two in the squad, I think that's really good because you're still building your team around it. There's a lot of transition with loan players. We've seen it now. We've got we've had four, they've all gone back. Now, lone players go back for two reasons. A, they've been so good that they're called recall them, which is what happened with Alfie and Ollie in different ways. Or they're so bad that we kick them out. There's, there's, it's a very, very narrow window for a lone player to stay for the whole season with us. They've got to be just a bit above average that we want them, but not too good that somebody else wants them. And I'd rather see us... I, I, Say, have two lone players and then invest in our own playing squad um, to try and drive that quality up. And do and if your lone player goes wrong, they're not as invested in the club. You know, we take Dan Gore, he's 19. Now, who knows what he's going to be like in League One? Hopefully, be brilliant. But he's not proven we've slipping down the league because we haven't played any games. And we've got a lot, of, we've got a lot of games coming, and we need to, in my opinion, strengthen that squad with. A couple of seasoned professionals who can drag who can drag up the quality of our first team for this season and beyond, and I'm not sure that constantly signing loan players is doing that. So, so Bez, for you, if if I said to you, you could have either signed Dan Gore or Luke Lehe, for example, a lad that's played at League One for the past six seven seasons, proven at this level, scored goals. Which excites you more? Dangle, 100%. I'm all for the loan system, and I totally understand why Steve isn't and some aren't. For me, if you use the loan system well, which we've started to do, generally, it really gives you a boost for that six months. Yes, you can't rely solely on loans, and you've got to have a good backbone of your own squad. Now, our backbone, we've got Connor Ripley, Nathan Smith, Ben Garrity, Funza Mojo, James Wilson. I think that's a decent backbone that you can add a few loan players to to make it interesting. First half of the season, we added all Blaster and Divine. Now, the truth is, I don't know what they've cost us. Have they cost us a loan fee of 50 grand plus wages? I highly doubt it. Some people seem to think they have, and it could have done, because I haven't got a clue. I think we've probably just contributed to the wages, which, do you know what? We'd have paid the wages for his own player as well. So, who knows? If we've spent 100 grand getting all Blaster and Divine for six months... And we've got nothing to show for it now. They've gone and we're four points above the drop. Yes, because we haven't played. Could that hundred grand have been spent on permanent players? Yeah, probably could. I don't believe we've done anything like that. I think we've sold the dream of this is what we can do. We can look after your players. They can come play here. They'll get regular first-team football. They'll come back better muscle mass. They'll come back with first-team experience. And they'll come back better all-round players, which I think them two both have. I don't think it's cost us that much. But again, I could be wrong. It's just me guessing. So yeah, also, yeah, can I just jump in here? I, like you, I've got no idea whether these players come for the reasons that you've said or whether we've had to bump somebody up. So, I, you know, I'm only surmising. And if they have come for free, that's a different kettle of fish than if we are paying a loan free form. Sure, said that at the start. Sorry, Beth. Yeah, no, no, don't worry. And you know, if the loan fee is five grand or something, it's a nominal token. I'm all for that. Yes, you see Premier League players. What is it? Man City are looking for seven million to loan Calvin Phillips for six months. I think we could spend that seven million slightly better than that, if I'm totally honest. But 
we're not in that pond of players. So I like the loan system. If you can get young, exciting players, it gives us a chance to see him at Vale. We've had some good loans through the years. But yes, Johnny, I take your point. If that's all we do this window, Dangor, Reese Williams, and we brought one of Owen Weir, and there's no permanent, nothing else, I'll be fuming come the 1st of February. And that, that leads me on to what we, we had a discussion in the in the group chat about. Um, are you twitchy now, Steve, or are you happy to give them till this time next week when we're sat here recording, going, oh, it's nine o'clock, where's Danny Peel? <laughs> Liam McCarroll coming in. Um, I am in the same camp as you, because we and you agreed to this last night, and the anti-Amos camp, um, that I'm a bit twitchy already. I think the window opened. We allegedly work a window or two in advance at least. We have seen other clubs in our league doing business. Now, the quality of the business they are doing is is down to the individual to decide how good the, um, we talked about Carlisle's example we used last night they've already signed players who they think they can who can improve their club we haven't as yet signed anybody permanently and we've got gaping holes in our squad toward and I, towards the end of the transfer window does the does the value in the players get higher or lower do people see you're desperate or do more players come available it's a risky risky business leaving it so late you know, the transfer window ends next week. And I would have liked to have seen us done more business. Obviously, in the next three or four days, if we do sign three or four players, and it's a bit different. But I think that, I, well, no, I don't think, in my opinion, I'd like to have seen you do more already. Fair. Um, I'm going to change the question slightly to you, Bez. Um, does it matter? Does it change the results Saturday if we brought in three players tomorrow versus three players Monday? Depends who they are and where they play. Truthful answer that, isn't it? If they're coming in as squad players who are going to fill the bench, obviously no. If they're coming in and it's, again, I'm just using this as an example, we're not going for him, but if it's Johnson, Clark, Addis, then yeah, it's going to have a massive impact. Do I think we're in for that sort of player? Probably not. Well, we're not, let's be honest. We're not paying half a million quid. Um, and the truth is, if they come in tomorrow on Thursday, are they really going to be involved in the match day? 11 on Saturday. I'd anticipate them being in the squad, or they're going to be in the 11. Probably not. As Steve said, I'd love to do his business at the start of the window. We actually haven't played for three weeks, so in hindsight, they'd have had more time with the teammates and more time to settle in. Would it have impacted where we are on the table? Probably not. And for me, this window seems to be happening very late. It seems as though people only really started moving this week. Yes, you've got your odd ones early in Carlisle are the exception rather than the norm but actually I've seen this week Steve and each again have been active Peterborough I think were active this week and you know a lot of teams have been active this week Oxford obviously for some reason this window seems to be late do I think Vale would have liked to have been more active before tomorrow's forum 100% because I'll be interested to see how tomorrow's forum goes yeah, I think I think that's it's, it's a it's a ground to obviously it's it's a ground to like shoot them down on, isn't it? We that they've put a forum in at this point in in the month. I think of high expectation that some business would have been done by now. 
Um, and, and I suppose they could argue that we brought in three players and the three players of good pedigree. Yeah, all from Premier League clubs. Yeah, so so like you can't knock the signings. I think for me, my my big thing that's making me twitchy is we we sat we sat on this podcast in November saying we need a left wing back and a striker. What's actually happened is in in between that time and now, one of them's got injured, one of them's gone ended his loan and gone back. And now we're sat here going, we need a left wing back and a striker. And it, that, that that now hasn't changed. And that's what's making me twitchy is the fact that certain things, the Alfie thing, the Ollie thing going back, they're unprecedented. And we seem to have moved pretty quickly to sort that out. But what feels like obvious to me is we needed a striker. So... Why Why on the 24th of Jan are we still sat here talking, going, we need a striker, boys? Because I don't want it to happen, but there's there's a high probability that Willow's going to end up getting injured at some point between now and the end of the season. And I really hope he doesn't. But that leaves us then with Loft and Ooch. Where's, where's Ooch's headspace? Because he was on a train to Charlton having a medical a week and a half ago. So where's his headspace now? Is he going to come back and go, I want this? Or is he going to go, I've got six months before I can fuck off and go Charlton, Wickham, wherever, like, if that's if that's where he wants to live or whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? So, like, we've got to worry about that side of it. Loft's found no form since he's been with us and seems like he's going to have to do something massive turn around the support. So I'm still sat here going... We need at least one striker, potentially two. And two's probably asking a lot. Can you have five strikers on your books? Probably not. But yeah. Um I've got a theory, which you guys know, that the value in the market is not there. Um we talked we Uchi. If Uchi allegedly, and this is all this is all hypothetical, was going to Charlton for two hundred grand, right? We picked him up for nothing in the summer. Um, he's got a year's option on his contract, according to Bez. If Uchi's worth 200 grand and has scored one goal this season, what is a half-decent player worth? Are we completely priced out of the market? Do we have to take a chance on somebody from non-league who's scoring goals and, you know, OP's next Jamie Vardy? Or do we have to go down the low ride? Because if Uchi's worth two hundred grand, it frightens me. To, it, it would make I would have grave concerns about what a, what a half decent league one striker would cost and commanding wages. Yeah, all fair. Yeah, and, and I think that is the big point, isn't it? It's like what do they, what do they cost as a package? It's not just what do they cost up front, is it? Or what do they cost per week? It's the, it's the whole package because. They'll all have decent agents. Um, and, they'll, so, and, they'll, and they'll all know that, you know, they'll all know what other players are getting and and the value's been, the value's been ramped up. We all heard Flitcroft say at the um, first supporters meeting how hard it was to get a striker. And whilst you've got some sympathy with that point of view, they still should do better. But, it, you know, they talk about the laugh from Bradford Young, um, you know, being quoted half a million quid for him, you know, and, and stuff like that. I just wonder where and how 
we are going to sign a striker who A, will appease the fan base, but B, more importantly, score a few goals. I can almost see how we ended up spending money on Loft now. I really can. You know, that was, Loft was never my, you, everyone knew, Loft was never my, my choice. But yeah, I can, I've come to get an understanding, I think, of how we ended up there. Because he was what was available. He would come. And we had to we had to pay money for him. And I just think that the value of strikers in our, at our level has probably never been higher. I don't know. I don't know what you better think about that. For me, strikers win games, don't they? Of course they do. And your match, your match winners usually command your most your most money. And I think they're they're the, the position now where the teams that are in our league, the teams that are in the league below, are willing to to take a risk and have the backing to take that punt. You look at Wrexham. That, Stockport. Yeah. Bradford, for example, as well. It's Notts County, and there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that are willing to push the boat out and take that risk. So that drives price. That it's it's the market you're in, isn't it? That drives the price. Players aren't stupid. So Clark Harris, whether he whether he turned down a move or not in the summer sort of thing, or whether he's turned down a move in this window and, and whatnot, because he thinks, do you know what? Peterborough's not a bad gig. Sits out for six months. They might offer me a new deal if something happens. If not, there's not going to be clubs shy of being on the phone to Johnson Clark Harris, is there? So no, there's not. And um, a point you made there, Johnny, is really, really pertinent. Really good. The top end of League Two is driving up the price of strikes in League One as well because you definitely got players who will think, you know what, I'll sign for Exxon for X amount more because they're going to get promoted. And then you've got Stockport's owner doing the same thing. You know, there's talk, you've got Notts County, as you said, Notts County, Bradford, even Barrow were signing players left, right. You know, mm-hmm. they've got, you know, they're, they're, they're making they're making moves. So not only are we competing against League Two League One sides, we're competing against the top of League Two sides who are arguably a more attractive proposition than Vale. If you said to a centre forward, would you rather go Vale in League One or Wrexham in League Two? I imagine a lot would a, the majority would go Rex for more money, and um, they'll be playing us next year. So we're we're fighting on two fronts, really, League One and League Two, and I'm not sure that's happened before. Yeah, and you mentioned Barrow there. Obviously, they're stockpiling strikers. You've got Cole Stockton now, Tom Talford, and Jamie Proch. And this is my opportunity to say everybody knows I love Jamie Proch. I haven't said that for six months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Stockton, you know, he's, he's, no, no problem as a team you're um, you, you talk about Stockton, not recently, but we all fancied him 12, two, I wouldn't have him now, but 12, two years ago, um, that he was a player for us, and now he's part of a rotor at Barrow. So he and just showed. Yeah, Dom, you know, local lad, Dom Telford, definitely signing, etc., etc. So you've got them fighting for a place in a side who might not get promoted from the League 2. It just shows how I mean, you know, feel like I'm defending the club to the LT. I don't necessarily mean to, but it just shows how hard it is for us to get um, a striker and a good striker. So they, they're going to have to be creative, and that's what we pay Tommy Johnson and his four transfer window ahead for, I suppose. 
Yeah, it, the rest of the window is going to be very interesting. So I think, as I've already said, if we come to the first of February and this is it, I think we, unless Dan Gore is like really, really, really special, we're in a relegation battle. We're only four points above the drop now. Although yes, games in hand, but games in hand don't put your points on the board unless you win them. Um, so uh, we've we've got go and win them games. At this moment in time, we're weaker than at the start of the window for me because you've had Kofi go out and Reese Williams come in, who's a likeful out replacement. You've had Alfie and Ollie go out, Weir and Gore come in, who are likeful out replacements. And when I say like for like, I'm not saying quality-wise because we don't know that yet. We've lost Josh Thomas and not replaced yet. And we've lost Tom Conner. I know for some people that's a non-entity because he wasn't involved anyway, but he's still a player lighter we are that we haven't replaced. And by all accounts, just want to say, well done, Tom Condon last night because the Oldham fans are absolutely raving about him last night, saying that he absolutely controlled the game. So, which you got can't that level. That's not me saying bring him back, by the way, but at conference yeah. like Land League 2, I fully expect him to do that. And I hope he does. I really do. Yeah, he got, he got in team of, the, team of the night as well. Oh, did he? Well, Oldham fans were saying he was incredible. He ran the game. But back to us, for me, we're weaker at this moment in time. And until we bring a striker, then we're not going to be equal. And we need to somehow come out of this wing window stronger. Wing back is a massive area for me. I've said that since August, and most of us on here have, to be fair. Wing back's a massive area. We need strength in there. And you look at the bench the last month or so, we've had three to four 16, 17-year-olds on the bench, which, yeah, it's nice to say we've got academy players on the bench, but is that ideal if you're one nil down and you want to change the game? Probably not at this stage of their career. And and I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? If you've got an academy lad on the bench who's truly special, like and I'm not saying that the, the three that we've we've had recently, four with Reese, um, aren't aren't special, but what I mean is like if you've got a lad that you're looking at and go, he's bloody special, like then I'm all right with that. But if it's much of a muchness and it's needs must one, then then it is a worry, isn't it? I think you look at it and you go, well, how do we come out of this window stronger? Because Garrity's out till middle of March, Pants out till middle of March, Mitch is out till middle of March. So there's 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 three who would almost guarantee a start. Would you say? Yeah. To that or that about, aren't they? Certainly in the in the question at minimum. Yeah, well, Garrett Garrity's a guaranteed starter. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed, the other two were in the question. Yeah, and that's it. And at the start of the season, we all would have said Mitch is a guaranteed starter, and Planty's probably off your bench. Yeah. So, the the three the three good squad players at minimum, but all three would be staking a claim for a start. You then look at Funzo is probably out for another two weeks, um, based on the six week ratio. And I know he said he was a, a week ahead. Dan Jones is probably like a new signing now. There he's back fit. Whether he's match fit is a different story because obviously we know that there's a difference. Um, and then from there, we've still got a couple of other players that have, have had knocks and, and whatnot. So we we've just got to, we we're, we're either going to take a massive gamble again, which it isn't the level of gamble that we took last January with the two signings we made there. Because I think we've actually signed players of equal quality to the ones that have gone out. But it's going to be 
an equally stupid gamble because we are, yeah, four points above relegation at the moment. And that that's massive. And yeah, we could we could end February twelfth or tenth or, or something daft like that if if the games in hands and the results go our way and stuff like that. And we could be looking I think Andy put in the group chat saying we could be looking at the end of Feb going, why we were talking all this nonsense six weeks ago. But I just I, I feel nervous about it. And I think that's because apart from Connor All, January's been nothing short of terrible in terms of our signings. So we we've we've signed we've signed three players now who I have got no I, I, I am not concerned about their ability. I'm not concerned about anything in that terms. What I am a bit concerned about is just like you just said, it's it's replacing what's gone out rather than improving what's what's there. So it's 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 a very big week. It's brave of the club to do tomorrow um, at this point. But yeah, it, it's going to be quite interesting. And we've we've got I think twelve questions now to ask. Um, so so obviously we'll we'll try and get them all all asked on the night. I'm sure that some of the questions that have been sent over are probably going to be on the lips of other people as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. And just yeah. on what you've just said, Johnny, for me, I think this, if this is it for the window, which I don't believe it is, and I'm a little bit more in Tom's camp if I'm not overly worried at this stage, but I would be overly worried on the 1st of Feb if this is it. I still believe there's a lot of Ryans in the fire, and I fully expect some of them to come off. That's not because I know anything, by the way. I know absolutely bugger all, but that's what I expect. For me, though, if this is it, it's just as big a gamble, because last January we were what? Double figure points away from the relegation zone, probably thirteen plus. I don't, I haven't looked, but probably that many. We were looking up the table, not down. Whereas if this is it, we're four points above the relegation zone. With teams below, as Carlisle, we've already mentioned, have strengthened a lot. Whether that's going to be enough, who knows? You know, Reading won last night, but as you've said, they're already in difficulty. Exeter have strengthened a bit, but I still anticipate them. You know, but they picked up a big win for them last night. The teams around us are strengthening. As we've said at the moment, we haven't even stood still because we're actually two players short. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be very it's gonna be an interesting last week, and I'm just hoping that we've learned from us mistakes, and tomorrow we get some clear communication. I don't expect going to tomorrow and flip crop turn around and go. Don't worry about it. We're signing this person, this person, this person, because that'd be very naive, and almost unless they're unless the ink is on the paper, almost yeah. like stupid to to say that. But I fully expect them to turn around and and say something similar to what you've just said about irons and the fire and stuff like that, and kind of hope that we hope to calm calm the jitters a little bit because that's that's what it is with me it's 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 that side of it yeah yeah i think as well traditionally we have terrible transfer january transfer windows don't we we've had some fantastic ones and um i think that's why we, as a fan base we do get nervous because we've got a distinguished history of coming out of january weaker than we've got into it which is a 
we don't want to be out, we, we, we shouldn't happen. And it seems to happen pretty much every season apart from the promotion one. The two promotion ones, you might say, the one under Mickey, when, we, when as we talked about earlier, we bought in personally Hughes, and the one under DC where we bought in um, Edmondson, Hannington, of course, Connor Orr. But apart from that, invariably, I think we've been weaker in every January transfer window. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't argue with that. Ev- from recent memory, so it's a, it's it's, an, it's going to be an interesting seven days, and obviously with the forum tomorrow night, that's that's going to be quite interesting. Um, so yeah, like I say, we we've got we've got a decent amount of questions have been sent through. That that's not me saying please don't send more. Um, if, if you if you listen and you think oh I've got something burning issue, then please let us know. Um, and I say we'll we'll do our very best, and um, if worse comes to worse and something isn't answered, then we'll we'll obviously speak to them there to see if we can get an answer for you, whether it's it's later or not. Um, because the questions that have been sent over are really, really interesting. And obviously, like, people want to know and I, I don't blame them. So, yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do what we can to get them done. Um, and yeah, it's we'll we'll touch base Saturday um, when we do the the Portsmouth review about it. And I know Baggers has said that He's going to have a newsletter out Friday. So all the more reason for you to to shell the 10 quid out and get, get back his newsletter because um sounds like he's going to be there and doing doing the the reporting on the on that side of it as well. So that'll be that'll be interesting and means that you Bez just need to bring a pen and paper so you can write down when I ask the questions, the answers to them. Um so yeah, that's that's your that's your one job for tomorrow. You're 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 my scribe. I can't read all right. It's fine. Dictaphone. Dictaphone. <laughs> Bez recording on his phone. Live yeah. broadcast from Bez's phone. <laughs> rinsing, all, rinsing all his data. Just like that. Is it on? Is this on? Yeah. <laughs> one, two, one, two, testing. And you've got the camera facing you all, all night as well. Because you don't want to breach any EFL laws or anything like that, you know. So. No, <laughs> camera face down. Yeah. yeah. Before we move on to Portsmouth, any more for any more? Bess, got anything that you've seen, heard, want to discuss? No, I think we're all done. Lovely, Steve, for you? No, no, um, you know, it's, we're moving on to Portsmouth. Top of the league, Portsmouth. It is. And this is, so this will be the first advert now for, for people. Um, please give us some feedback on it and stuff like that. If, if you really absolutely detest it and it's ruining your listening experience, it's not something that we can't change in the long run but it's something that we spoke about probably six months ago when you got your fishing adverts um <laughs> that we were going to try and never came off with pod beam but talk sport if you do, yeah so if you do want 20 percent off manscape um type <laughs> in the code type in the code bezzer's tackle and uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll get 10 percent off or 20 percent off <laughs> but here we go the first one Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
whether you've been Super Vale away or you've been in Burslem at the mother town watching the Vale play at home, Johnny, you can always have a McDonald's on the go or delivered right to your door. You can indeed. And where do you get them from, Bez? You go to McDelivery. I've said it right on this one. Go over to the McDonald's app and get yourselves one. Johnny, what are the T's and C's? It's participating restaurants only. You have to be 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So hopefully that one, that that worked and everyone's listened and you've you've joined us for the second part now. Feel, feel, feels like we've really made it here. Yeah. Right. There we go. Part two, and it's at the actual Portsmouth discussion. So this time next year, Rodney will be millionaires. Yeah, we will. So we're gonna start with well manicured, have well manicured cock and balls. you've killed me. Yeah, well, while while you kill Portsmouth at home, brought to you by Johnny's Bar in Burslem, St John's Square. Get yourselves down there before the game. Have a pint. I'm sure you'll have the log burner on, so it'll be nice and warm. The A up will be on. Get yourselves and say hello to me, mother. She'll be behind the bar, and I won't be at Portsmouth. I'm away this weekend, so I shan't be watching. No, you'll be you're away. You're living it up in was it Land Ludno? Landudno for the weekend for my mate's birthday. The seven of us game Friday, coming back Sunday, so I shall be in Wales. Yeah, living living the actual dream. And probably for the best, to be fair, mate, because um, I'm going to start with the referee. Um, the referee is Craig Hicks. And he's I remember refereed... that name. Yeah, he's refereed us once this season, and it was Lincoln away. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mind you, he sent Ollie off, which was a sending off. Yeah, the fourth official got their red card right, though. Yes, and it was the fourth official for theirs, wasn't it? Yes, it was. But don't, he, he lost he lost everything in that game for about 30 minutes around Ollie's red card. He just... Yes, he did. He did. He lost control of it. But, yeah, so that's that's the the last time he's, he's refed us, um, which obviously is, is quite interesting. He also refed the Portsmouth home game last season where we lost 1-0 to him. Oh, that one was terrible. He let Marlon Pat ref that game. Yeah. So I thought you'd enjoy that. Um, I'm glad I'm not there. I was going to say this. This is. Well, I'm not. I'd like to be there, but yeah, this this is making a decision easier, isn't it? Let's be it honest. Is. It is. But um, you'd be glad to know the time before that he he ref Bristol Rovers away when we won two one and he sent. There, two lads off for one of them trying to decapitate Garrity. Yes, I remember that one. Um, and he also ref the Bristol Rovers 3 1 at home at, towards the end of the season. So, Oh, and he was shy that day. He should have sent uh, Coots off inside the first five minutes for kneecapping Garrity and didn't. Yeah. So, um, it's safe to say that you're not endowed by this referee. No. So, I'll put my boots on and come do it myself. Yeah. So ref watch Steve on Saturday could be interesting if if um he, he goes with with Ty. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm um, actually sitting with sitting in the Amos suite, so I'll get a good view of the uh, the ref, so we can report back to you best and the linesman if he keeps up with play. See if he's up to my standards. I bet he keeps up play more than you did. 
Yeah, well, let's hope so. <laughs> let's hope so, indeed. So, as you've said, we're, we're, we're hosting uh, Top of the League Portsmouth. Um, and if you need any cloud hosting or computer servers, then get yourselves over to skyline.co.uk, um, where, where they'll provide all, all your, your hosting needs. Um we're, we're hitting Portsmouth. It's a bit of a sticky point, shall we say. Um, they've lost two of the last three. Um, to, in all fairness, in their last seven games, they've won two, drawn two, lost three. So it's it, it, it's kind of hit them at a interesting part of the season. Um, what isn't interesting is that in the past three times that we've played them, we've we've only picked up a point, and that was the two all away when we we threw away um, the two the two goal lead. Yeah, that was right. The ref gave them two penalties wanted. Yeah, the the first one was missed in the first half, wasn't it, by Bishop? But the second one yeah. he put away. Yeah, yeah, and don't forget we haven't won yet this year. No, we haven't. We've only played one game, but yeah, still haven't won this year. Yeah. Yeah, I've just got back from Carlisle. <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah so, so we yeah, we, we, we play top of the league Portsmouth. Um initial thoughts on it, Steve. What where 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 are you swaying to? Because obviously, like you say, we've we've got a point from the two games that we've played this month. Um so there isn't much to go off on form wise. Um, well, obviously the squad's threadbare for a start. We don't have many options up front. Um, we don't know what Gore and we are going to be like, and we've conceded a lot of goals of late. Apart from that, we do we do really well. Um, you don't. We haven't played for a while, so we obviously are we well drilled on the training ground. Except we can't use the training ground because we've been at Row Lane, and my mate Sun Sai Sun watches us every day. Not quite sure what he's actually doing for a job, but he's watching rail train a lot. So if you're listening, Jack, could you tell your dad? Um, so it's going to be a hard game, and Portsmouth do seem to to beat us quite regularly. And I've no, we, we don't really know what to expect, do we? It's exciting to see Gore, and exciting to see Weir, but you know, who, who knows? Apart from that, really. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, where 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 are you, Bez? I know that you caught, you're, you'll be in London now, but... Yeah. Um, big ask, isn't it, for me? Real big ask. It's Weir's first proper game, because obviously he only played a little bit against Reading. Gore, I'd imagine, will go straight in for his first game. Will Rhys Williams come in for his first game, or is he going to be on the bench and we stick with the three that we've been playing? Is Deb fit? Because obviously he didn't make the squad at Reading but we were told it wasn't a big injury, so hopefully he's fixed. I think he's a massive miss when he doesn't play. For me, it's a real big ask. Real big ask. Talking about, we could have seven centre-halves for, for, for the weekend. Let's play seven at the back, then. All seven of them. All seven. Fair enough. There you go. Playing seven at the back. We have, <laughs> for the first three time Yeah, we could have three central defenders, two centre-halves playing wing-back, Two centre halves holding midfield. It'd be like um, when we had uh, Danny Pugh and who else would play? Who played in midfield? Michael Tong, yeah. Great times, great times. 
Yeah. yeah. Like seven at the back, one in midfield, two up front, and just oof the shit out of it. Etuchi, let's see what he can do. Etuchi, he'll flick it onto Willow, he'll pull it down, pop it in the top corner. We'll have one shot all game and win 1 0. Fair enough. Just a theory. So, who are you se- so, so you're playing all seven centre halves and you're playing Cass right wing back? Are we or still here? Is- yeah, Cass yeah. can go right. Okay, and then what are you going, Jason Low right of the three? Low right of the three. Williams in the middle for his height. Okay. Yeah, left of the three. Yeah. Jones left wing back. Okay. Smithy and Yak literally two yards in front of Williams and it was oh the three. Literally two yeah. yards in front of the three, kind of in the gap. <laughs> so it's a proper back seven. So flat back seven. Yeah. Flat back Which seven. Dan Gore in midfield on his own. Dan Gore on his own because he's coming in with that much eye if he can do that. Fair enough. Willow and Ooch up front. Willow and Ooch up front. Yeah, that 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 that'd be very interesting. But yeah, that's obviously not really the size. No. Just in case anyone didn't get the irony and thought it was being serious. <laughs> well, that's that, that's the thing. I say we have got seven centre halves fit finally. Well, six and maybe Deb. Um. So that so that we're, we're in an interesting place. Obviously, Sang made the bench. For the Reading game as well, so he's yeah. now close, closer if not fully fit. Um, so yeah, I think probably that that week off has done as good in that terms. Um, Steve, where are you going with your lineup? Oh, you're on mute, Steve. Come on. Play sorry, the- sorry, sorry. I was uh, just looking at the text message. I just had. Um, I was. I'd have, obviously got you. You could have Connor in goal. This is what I would do, and it's not what we do. I would have Jason Lowe at the right, I'd have Smith in the middle, and I'd have um, Deb on the left if he's fit. My wing backs, I would have Grant and Massey. Um, midfield is obviously going to be Weir, Gore, and another. Who could that be if Sang is fit? Cheesy Rascal or Sang. Um, and then up front, you're going you're gonna to have Will, Willow and Ooch. I'm not convinced by our centre-halves, all seven of them. Um, and I've, I know people disagree with me, and that's fine. It's allowed um, that about low at centre-half. But I think it's the key thing is how do um, we and Gore perform on their, effectively their debuts against the top of the Top of the league, league side, and we you know we, we you know I talk about Massey at wing back. It's not because I think Gav's great there, although he was pretty decent last time. Um, but we we're stuck for choice, you know. And you go back to the transfer window. We need to we need to strengthen and the team I've just picked there. Needs strengthening, doesn't it? Mm. It does. I think I think I think the hard part is obviously like we've already spoke about. You've got Ojo and Garrity to come back into that somewhere. Um, so it, you you've got you've got to you've got to be sensible with how you strengthen it. But yeah, definitely centre off and a striker. Well, yeah, centre off striker, wing back maybe. Yeah, so it makes it. Yeah, the more the more you talk about it, the harder it gets. Um, Bez, what changes would you make if any to that? Um, I 
Yeah, so I'd make a few. Ripley and goal. Back three, I'm going. On the right, Smithy. Reese Williams in at centre-half. And I'm going the Yak on the left. Wing no back, I'm going Sang and Grant. What were you saying, Steve? No low in your team. No low, he's coming land under on the first with me. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, midfield, we go, so same front five, we go Jersey, Wilson, Ooch. Okay, fair enough. So two, two, two pretty different 11s there. I think Sang gives you more defensive cover than Massey. So that's yeah. no disrespect to Massey that I've dropped him. But I anticipate against Portsmouth will probably be more on the back foot than front back foot than the front foot. Can I reverse ferry to agree with Bez? I forgot about I was thinking we had got enough midfield and Sang would have to play there. I forgot about Chizzy. So I'm shipping Gav out and putting Sang at wing back as well. Sounds good to me. Johnny, what are you doing? Um, I think Smithy starts in the centre of my back three because of Colby Bishop. Yeah, but big Reese on six foot five. Yeah, I, I, I think we need to get out of get out of his head that just because someone's six foot five, it means they're going to be a total dominating centre half. He should be. He's played Champions League football. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he that doesn't mean that he's going to be up for a scrap with Colby Bishop, does it? Like. There's, as a centre half, bare minimum you'd expect him to win win his headers, but I, I just think that the sort of sort of striker Bishop is Smith most of the time deals with him quite well. Agree. Now, for people thinking, oh, I've seen Reese Williams play for Liverpool when Van Dyke was injured. Actually, he's not a scrapper. He's quite lanky and not very built. That was when he was 18. He's 22 now. And when you see the pictures of him, actually, he's broadened out quite a bit. Yeah, well, he should, he should do. He's, he's become an adult, hasn't he? Now. Exactly. But it's just if anyone hasn't seen him since he was playing yeah. for Liverpool at 18, he has a lot broader now. So, because Reese Williams at 18, I'd never put him up against Colby Bishop. No. But yeah, I, I think for me, Smith, you go centre. I think Lowe would go the right side and. Um, Williams goes my left side for me the three Sangi and Grant at wing back um, Gore and Weir with Chizzy just in front of then Uch and Willow it picks itself doesn't it oh, uh, can I just say I left Deb out if Deb's fit Deb's in for the yak for me yeah fair enough I forgot about Deb yeah Deb's in for me if he's fit in fact he's the first defender on the team sheet for me when he's fit yeah, I think if, if Deb's fit, I think that does change it slightly. I think I'd start him instead of Smith. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's going to it's going to be an interesting one um, Saturday. They they lined up three four three against Fleetwood, um, with Tom Lowry and Abu Kamara either side of Bishop. Um, your mate Marlon Pack played centre mid. Tossy. Um and. Joe Morrell come off injured, I think, at half time. Um, he only played forty five, I believe. Mm. So that 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 could be that could be an interesting one. Whether whether that's 
longer term or just um, precautionary. But yeah, they've got their their bench was nothing be sniffed at. They had Gavin White, Christian Sadie on the bench, so you know, um, it's, it's safe to say it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, I like that Sadie. Yeah. But it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a tough task. I think it's fair to say. Um, so coming to staying with you, Bez. Um, it's sixteenth versus eighteenth in the form table. Um, with Portsmouth being sixteenth in that, where where are you where are you going? Which way is this game going? Brought to you by abtiming.com. Um, Get yourselves over there, abtiming.com, for the races coming up. You've got the Park Hall 5 coming up, five mile around Park Hall, the Maidley Half in April, Port Vale 5K, which we briefly touched on last one, and the Denston 10 later in the year, which is Harry Potter meets Alton Towers. So get yourselves over there. I'm going. Colby Bishop, first goal scorer after 26 minutes. Portsmouth beat us 2 1, but we put in a battling display and get clapped off the pitch. Okay. Fair enough. Steve? I'm a bit more pessimistic than that. I don't think we'll lay a glove on him. I think they'll beat us quite comfortably. I think they'll beat us 2 0. We always get, we, we're good for giving a goal away. And we, unless Willow um, creates and scores, I'm not sure where, where we're going get, to get goals from. But said it before, I'm really, you know, after getting on about the loans before, I'm really interested to see. Dangle play, you know, it's just just to see someone like that with that pedigree playing for Vale in the same way. I was looking forward to seeing Ollie and Alfie play, so there's stuff to look forward to, but I don't think our season hinges on tomorrow's on Saturday's game against Portsmouth. Yep, Johnny. Um, yeah, I think Colby Bishop, um, and 2 0, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be battling performance, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game because we've had time off and and whatnot, and you just got to hope that we come out of the box fighting. Yeah, and I think if we put in a battling performance, people like accept a defeat tomorrow, tomorrow Saturday. Um, yeah, not accept it because we want it, obviously, but accept it. And do you know what? We played top of the league. We've tried. We've put a battling display, and Vale fans. Are happy as long as the team tries, win, lose, or draw. If we put in a Middlesbrough performance, I think it could go toxic because I think some of the pressure's been relieved off Crosby for the fact that we haven't played for it'll be the first game in three weeks. Yeah. But I still think the pressure's bubbling in the background that if we're diabolical, I think fans will very quickly put that pressure back on. Yeah, I think that's really. I think that's a really fair point because Crosit is still not convinced many fans, and this rest does buy him a bit more time. But it won't take long before it turns again quickly, especially if we don't. Especially if we don't make more signings. I think people will, you know, like people will, will understand if we don't have anybody in on Saturday. I think they'll be annoyed, but I think they'll they'll give it a go. You know, they'll give it a go, but. Come next side of the transfer windows open. If we haven't made strides to strengthen the team and the squad, and we lose a couple of games, I think you'll quickly see the fan base turn turn on both Crosby and Flitcroft. 
Yeah, well, if we don't win this Saturday, as we've already said, it's top of the league. We won't win, of course we do. They're not in great form, so it's a good time playing, but it's not the end of the world. If we go Fleetwood and get turned over, again, that won't relegate us by any stretch, but it's a bloody big loss, that one. So we want players in by then is the point I was trying to make. And obviously the window's shut by then. So if we haven't got players in by then, we're fucked. Yeah. So we'll obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll have a chat about Portsmouth Saturday. Um, Steve, you'll join me and we'll, we'll see which one of the other um, lot of the pod are available. Uh, Bez, you enjoy. Oh, go on. Don't worry, I'll, like I say, I'm with Amos, so I'll make sure he doesn't overdo the uh, the sauce this week. We'll get him, we'll get him there with his cap and everything. Especially if, if we win 3 0 and Uchi's got a hat trick, we definitely need him on. So. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No matter what happens, we can't lose. If Uchi, if Uchi misses three own goals, we need, we need Amos on to drive up his Twitter mentions. And if Uchi scores a hat trick, we need Amos on to drive up his Twitter mentions even further. So it's a, it's a no lose for this pod. It's a no lose, exactly. But yeah, so Bez, you, you enjoy, enjoy Land Dud now. I will, um, thank you. And then we'll catch up next Wednesday, I believe is deadline day. Oh, yeah. So, Bez, obviously, it, we'll, we'll have you on for the first hour of it. Um, yeah. And then, then let you shut off bed, because I can't imagine you're going to stay up till 11 o'clock with us rambling on as, as we're like, ooh, X, pers- X person signed for this club. And then we get the, we get the pen emoji up. And it's Liam McCarron back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably not. And I'll probably be out for work on the Thursday somewhere. So I have to be up early and on the road. Yeah. Well, yeah, everyone else enjoy the early one. Like I say, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss what happened Thursday and, and whatnot on Saturday a little bit. And probably a bit more the Wednesday after to, in a bit more detail. But uh, if you do have any questions, fire them over. And then, so until then, enjoy yourself. Have an ale and up the veil. So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking at who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight, and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, automate delivery on on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Saving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.